All right, welcome back, everyone, to the latest and the greatest of the Blue Brothers Sportscast. Real talk, real fans, we bring you Michigan football each and every week. I'm Caleb, and with me is Craig. We were both in Ann Arbor, actually, today, so it was kind of another long day for us. But outside of a little bit of rain, you know, all in all, pretty uh, decent trip. I actually didn't get to check with you, Craig, but did you? Uh, were you stuck in traffic all the way home after we split ways? Not really. We actually did pretty well. I mean, there's a little bit, but not very much. But, uh, yeah, we had a heck of a time getting to, if anybody doesn't know, me and Caleb meet up. We carpool to uh, the big house, and then we leave. And then, man, it's a pain in the butt to get to where we want to go just to get you to the carpool, to get you to your car. Yeah. is man, backed up. Yeah, it kind of shocks me it was kind of crazy but i know that the main part of the problem is before 94 after 94 for me since i'm going north it actually turns out a lot better but yeah it just that first part is so awful and i don't even understand because we leave late enough i would imagine that everybody would already be gone and out of the way but that's not always the case so yeah um but yeah so we both made it back Long trips as per the norm, but before we kind of get into the episode and everything, we always do a little bit of intro, and actually, um, we'll go ahead and take this time with our intro. It's uh, going to be the anniversary for 9-11. Uh, it's at, we're actually recording here after midnight, so technically it's today, uh, but the anniversary is this weekend, so just kind of a recognition and a thanks to first responders police fire medical emergency medical and armed forces i know that they were used a lot in um responding but then also uh just everything that's transpired since 9-11 just wanting to do a recognition of that it was a big moment uh in our country's history and it changed a lot of things since then and so a uh, big thank you out to not not just thank you to the people who were uh, involved directly with 9-11 but just to those who are in those positions where they are uh, the ones to respond to those things when it becomes those times of need yeah I mean you get um, if we think about it some of these students that are in Michigan going at that time I don't they, they probably don't remember it very well or they were just too young to know how what of an impact that was to a lot of us because I know it was to me and um, the way we actually uh, have to, uh, I mean, after that, the way we even fly or even take airplanes changed after that. So it's pretty crazy. I mean, it really, I think it deterred a lot of uh, bad things to happen any, anymore. So it was a good, I mean, through, I call it through, through tragedy came some good things that we probably, it was much needed, I think, security and the way this world's going. And But, yeah, we want to give it up to um, a big shout-out the Blue Brothers Sportscast. want to give it up to those people who, like you said, went in, saved people's lives or tried to. And, I mean, they actually, some people risked their lives to try to get them out. So it's uh, something I'll never fully understand. I don't think a lot of us will, but um, it's pretty amazing and uh, we gotta give them props and just as much as credit we can yeah and uh kind of like an interesting thing on that note um is that i heard that if 
someone is learning about 9-11 in their freshman in a freshman history class in high school or something like that we're now getting into the first generation or uh, the first class i guess you would say in uh, high school that was not even alive for 9-11 yeah. yeah that's what i meant i said isn't that crazy they won't know the full impact of uh yeah what this was what this was like i mean this was full-on shock i mean we're talking all day long shock this wasn't just one thing but it just seemed like one after another it seems like hours another one and it's just it's what well, it was a terrible day in history but um i mean what it really showed is how us as people and you know you put politics in the world aside and everything else how new york city and everybody came together and stepped up for this country during that time and um that was the through tragedy, like I was saying, through tragedy, some great things came out of it. So. Yeah. Yes, I uh, absolutely can agree with you with that. So, again, thank you to everyone. I mean, especially if you were directly involved with anything uh, that happened in New York City. But anyone who is in uh, that position and the, those uh, positions of responsibility of being a responder or working in those times of emergency, we thank you and uh, appreciate you here from the Blue Brothers Sportscast. And so with that, uh, we will go ahead and transition here and bring you into the sports talk part of the episode here coming up. As many of you and probably everybody listening knows, Michigan uh, had a, another large margin of victory game today with the final score of Michigan 51, uh, UCF 14. Uh, actually, to start things off, uh, we'll go off of the predictions that Craig and I were talking about. Maybe a little, a little bit closer than previous, but uh, I was actually, uh, the spread that we got for the game from the information that we got was actually uh, even 35. A lot of people heard 35 and a half and everything, but we based our predictions off of 35. Actually, Michigan hit that right on the head because they, uh, it, it was 35. Uh, 51 to 14, uh, 35 point spread, they hit that right on. So neither of us, uh, I was... Uh, predicting that Michigan was going to cover the spread. Craig uh, was predicting that they wouldn't. My final score was uh, 45 to 6 and Craig did 46 to 13. So honestly Craig, you were you were lo- looking a little bit closer to that. So Well, I was close, man. Yeah. That I mean, that was like one point off from the Knights and then it was looking like it what was it about 44 or 45 at that one point yeah. <laughs> the last touchdown I was like oh boy but it's yeah. close th- and we thought they were going to kind of blow it out uh, even further but things kind of slowed down there for a little bit and everything so yeah. um, props to you for kind of getting things a little bit closer and everything but yeah the point for the spread prediction goes to neither of us because Michigan split broke even on that so but into the game Craig go ahead and give us uh initial reactions just starting out boy you know what I um I'd say the beginning obviously it looked like uh well what happened was the running game was a little bit uh slow it didn't seem like nothing was working out no blocking was happening but then uh well uh well spade you know obviously spade was 
he did good. Obviously, he needed to get that initial throwdown, and then he started connecting very well. I mean, he started throwing passes way ahead of uh, where the runners were going to be at, which was great, or ahead of him. And he started really connecting really, really well. Um, he had a couple miss uh, th- throws, but uh, I was pretty impressed by him. My initial thought, obviously, really was, I think, at the point where it didn't seem like that offensive line was opening up holes or the very fact is they just weren't blocking very well because the running game was just nil in this whole game. We just could not run this ball whatsoever. You could put anybody in there, and it just seemed like, what were we talking about at the game, Caleb, that uh, they would initially block, and then they'd give up their blocks. It didn't seem like they were pushing or even continually blocking. It seemed like they'd block a little bit, and then they'd give up and just stand there. And I'm like, what are you doing? He's still running. And that was getting a little nerve-wracking, but... uh, passing game just held on i mean they did really really well so but the defense did really well too in the very beginning they did great against the um ucs passing game um and um they did really well and i was really really impressed with that and they did great against the um the run so they did good in the very first half um and then you know my thing was um i noticed and i don't want uh the fans to take this to heart is if you look at the rushing yards by UCF you have to remember is a couple of those were two big plays two big running plays um you know I think uh, uh, the quarterback got out and then obviously Killa said uh, Killens had a 87 yard um a TD run so from the on the outside yeah that's my kind of my overall assessment if you had to give it a rating, this game as a rating, uh, scale 1 to 10, uh, 1 poor, 10 great, or maybe, um, you know, letter grade, or Rotten Tomatoes, whatever whatever you want to do, uh, some some kind of rank, how would you, how would you rate it, kind of as an, as an overall, or if you want to do first half, second half, I'm kind of curious what, what yeah. you're kind of thinking. If you didn't watch the game... You would say, wow, big win, big score. We had this game handled, and we did. I mean, I don't believe for a second. Nobody in that stadium, no one who actually watched the game thought that we were going to lose. No way. We were actually, we had the game well in hand. But to me, it was the blocking. It was, so I'd give it kind of like a six and a half to a seven. I think we are, we, I think we played poorly. Um, on certain levels, sometimes the defensive line would give up big yardage with the running game down the middle. They, they got pushed around. And then um, the offensive line just could not block, could not push push the, their defensive line. It seemed like their defense was much bigger, stronger, which is not the case at all. Just seemed lazy, you know, seemed like a lazy game for the offensive line. So I give it a six and a half, seven. My initial reaction to everything, I mean, if ever anybody saw the uh, video, some of the videos that Rashawn and um, the Blue Brothers put on uh, the Facebook group and everything, I, I was positive at halftime. Uh, outside of that one explosive run that they had, which I think was 87 yards, and actually I think it was the player's only run mm-hmm. uh, of the game, I thought that the first half went went well uh because at halftime it was 34 to 7 i mean pretty good i even was predicting that michigan was going to come out they're better conditioned and they were going to do some great things and it was with their backup quarterback because justin holman 
I'm, some he pulled something. Some gave out on him. If uh, you guys were watching yeah. the game, it was it was actually kind of crazy to see. Uh, people were, you know, it was one of those instances where the turf monster got him. That's what people were saying around us, where he was just running and he was running to go out of bounds to avoid getting yeah. tackled. And a couple yards before he was about to run out of bounds, he just you could just see he like stopped running. And yeah, his leg down. like seized up on him. Yeah, it looked um, like it was a pulled hammy or something pretty bad. I don't know. Yeah. Just yeah. looked like, and obviously he walked off on his own, but he still had a pretty severe limp or just didn't look right. But yeah, I think he was grabbing his hammy, so on the back. But uh, I don't know if they said anything directly right after the game. But anyway, so it was the backup quarterback. I mean, granted, still a redshirt senior that mm-hmm. came in with. Um, Nick Patty, but still, you know, you're going with the backup quarterback. We should be the better conditioned team. Now, granted, UCF is a credible team. I mean, they shut out their first opponent and everything, and I do honestly believe that Frost is probably getting them back on the right direction. And even though they were winless last year, they've had great seasons before that. So it's not not like Michigan scheduled this to be an easy game. It just happened to be that UCF is having kind of a down uh some downtime and everything. But they 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 were doing well and they have the athletes and everything, but it just the second half was really where I thought we were going to separate. We were going to show separation, we were going to control the game. And honestly, things got in my view got worse for us as it went on yeah. um uh, mm-hmm. we should have capitalized and we didn't honestly the easiest way for me to say it is i was not impressed by this game the, no. the score the score was good we did what we expected in winning but i don't feel like it's something to walk away from and feel really great about there. And, and it's not a uh, individual player kind of a thing. It's just a mm-hmm. whole team. Something fell off with the team and things should have gone better because honestly, and uh, I know we were talking about this actually at the game and everything. And I think we were talking about Rashawn with it while we were in the car, but just yep. um, if UCF had a special team, like an actual good special teams, that, that was their greatest weakness. And you even said that, Craig, at the game. They're special teams. They're kicking and they're punting. If they actually had special teams, they would have had at least 23 points. At least. I mean, I know that doesn't sound a whole lot compared to 51. But if they had scored more and if they had been able to punt better, chances are we probably wouldn't have been able to get 51. And if they had scored 23, I mean, you're closing that gap. And I think the score is misleading. On how the game yeah. actually went. Yeah, it was. And, like, you know, it, I go, what did have that weird feeling was Michigan in any, any danger? No, not not in the least. I mean, yeah. I just, our defense was playing really well. It's just, there was none of that. I never thought for, for a second that we wouldn't win this game because they had it well in hand. But, like you said, we had it well in hand, but yet it didn't seem like that was at their best. Spate had a great game. I mean, I, if I could say one person had a great game, he did exactly what he should have. He made some, let's just say this, uh, um, kind of piggybacking off what you said. The pocket broke down in the second half way quicker than it did in the first half. And when the pocket broke down, Spate, I, I would say by the time he hiked it, there was already guys on him. And I think he did such a good job of 
doing dump passes to, you know, maybe his fullback or running back or whoever he could at the end. And, you know, they got a couple yards, but he did the best he could by not turning it over and um, or going down or he just threw it away or whatever. But he did a great job getting away from stuff like that because he's so tall. Like you said, I mean, we can run that ball, save our lot. I don't you, – yeah. you know, I have this barometer where I, I say it like this. When I know a team is at third and one – if I know that the other team can get third one easily and we have a hard time doing it, that's when I start saying we're not having the best game. Because <laughs> when UCF would be third and one, I almost said, well, they're going to get it. But then when we had third one, it, like in the middle of the field, I would say, man, I'm not sure we can get this. Because <laughs> yeah. that's how far we just couldn't even drive one yard, it didn't seem like. Yeah, well... Speaking about the rushing game and everything, after the game, Frost had some snarky remarks. Lord. Frost is a D-bag. Just straight up yeah. comes across as a D-bag. And, well, I, I don't know if technically we're allowed to say D-bag. But yeah, you are. I, let me check with the producer. Is it okay if I say D-bag? Yeah, you can say, yeah, you can say D-bag. Okay, there we go. <laughs> Thank All you. Right. Okay, uh, do this just in. We're allowed to say D-bag on the sportscast. Hey. Hey, guys, can Caleb say D-bag? Oh, you can? Okay. Yeah, you can say D-bag, too. Okay. So, <laughs> sounds great. So, anyway, so Frost basically is coming across as D-bag because it's one thing to come out and try to be positive and everything in the press conference afterwards, but he was trying to still take some jabs because of the personal beef between Michigan and Frost and everything with the 97 season. Yeah. Uh, season. Came out and was talking and said, and don't, this is just me summarizing, that UCF came out and hit harder and better than Michigan did. Um, yeah. Hit, hitting on the field. And it's kind of like, okay, big deal. I don't really know why you're saying. If this was a boxing match and you were grading round by round, maybe that would be important. But this is football and, you know, there's a score on the scoreboard. But also, he mu- I, he must have completely overlooked the hit that Peppers had on their backup quarterback. Yeah. Because that was that – was, I don't want to use the word nasty since they're doing all the stuff with targeting because that was not close to targeting, but that was a big hit. Like yeah. he was, he was playing Madden and he jammed that hit stick and <laughs> just right on target with him. Yeah. He, he laid him on pretty good, but you know, the guy might be thinking about that targeting call that, uh, that one guy on his team, which was suspect. Sure. You know, I don't, I'm not sure it was targeting. I've seen worse, but, um, yeah, but you know what? It, he might be just be thinking, you know, Frost is looking at stats. The dude's looking at stats, and he's seeing rushing yards, and he's seeing our our rushing yards, and he's going, you guys didn't have that many. No, of course we didn't. We threw the ball, and we, you know, pretty much destroyed your secondary. So, And I'm like, well, did they tackle well? Yeah. I mean, did they out-tackle us in the in the second half? Yeah, I'd have to give it to them. But um, to say we you hit us harder – no, it's just we had an off game, and you were you were coming in ready to play us. I, you know, you had you kind of he kind of came in with a chip on his shoulder. He didn't like us in the beginning anyway, so I think he wanted to whip our butts. So, yeah. well, that that was the thing is the whole big hits comment was dumb. That was just that was nonsense. That that added nothing 
to yeah. any that had no value. We're we're now dumber for having listened to that. <laughs> but uh Well then he but, said about the rushing, you hear yeah, that. Yeah, and that that I actually I have no problem with because honestly you look at it and he I mean he made made a point and he was said something along the lines of, you know, it it says something when you can come to Michigan and you can run for almost three hundred yards. Right. And it does to a certain extent, except for you still lost fifty one to fourteen. But it does say something. I mean that that is terrible, especially since you know UCF put up two hundred and seventy five rushing yards, and like you said, Craig, there were two runs that the that was key about, and eighty seven of them came from one run, and then there was the other long. There were two relatively long runs by their uh, starting quarterback before he yeah. got out of the game. But Michigan only put up one nineteen at home. And granted, UCF definitely has a better defense than Hawaii does, but still, I mean, it's it's UCF. And gr- last week, Evans put up, if uh, the number is accurate, like 112 yards himself. Yeah. Man, and this week, as a team, we only put up 119. Yeah, and none of them, none of them are over four yards uh, average. Uh, yeah. A run. So, you know, I, Davion Smith got the bulk of the runs and. Evans is right there, but none of them could do anything. It just doesn't seem like they, so it's got to be blocking. It just seemed like they just weren't, like I saying, follow through with their blocking. It's just, you know, you know what I'm talking about. You just do that quick block and then you don't, you kind of give up, yeah. you know, and you look around and you're like, wait, he's still running. Yeah, he's still running. Still, you need to keep blocking. And I think, you know, and I think Jim Harbaugh, you know, in his press conference seemed to be very, um, I think he knew that wasn't his best game, and I think he was a little disappointed in certain things. You know, obviously, like you were saying, there's certain points in that game where we kicked field goals, and there should have been easily touchdowns. What was it third and one, third and two? We should have got those. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, you talking about how our yards per carry, mentioning some things with that, we yeah. were averaging two point yeah. nine yards per carry. Yeah. 2.9. And I'm pretty sure if I saw it right, um, UCF was, uh, it was between four and six or something like yeah, that. Six, yeah, six. So, I mean, if they ran, I mean, with those kind of numbers, if they ran every single play, yeah, they would have got, they would just go first down, first down. I mean, if you do four yards three times in a row, you're going to just move right down the field. But, yeah. anyways, besides the point. But, yeah, um, it's suspect because, you know, you look at the passing yards, they only had uh, 56. I mean, fifty-six passing yards. That's yeah, it. yeah. That's so, what I was gonna say. If if uh, Frost is gonna throw out numbers out there and he's gonna brag about something, then you also need to look at all the numbers. And that was something that I wanted to point out, just like you were saying, Craig, of how they had fifty-six passing fifty-six uh, passing yards. It's funny how he overlooks that part. Yeah, you know, it's almost like it's almost like Harbaugh said, you know, fine. You want to run on us, fine, but you're certainly going to pass on us. And, yeah, we saw that. Well, and I honestly think, and uh, by the way, to let you guys know the stats, um, Michigan got 328 passing yards, so substantial difference there. But something that makes me uh, want to kind of bring up is uh, if UCF was going off of the mainly the game tape that we had against Hawaii because that was our only other game this year, I honestly think and believe that he prepped his team to blitz and just jam the run game. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, it looked um, and they and that left them vulnerable in mm-hmm. the passing game. 
And so not making that an excuse, but just making it known that that appeared to be their game plan. It's like, okay, we're going to... We're, they have a new quarterback. Let's try to force them into that situation. Maybe we can shake them up and do something like that. So it looked like their main goal was let's shut down the running game. And so they sent extra guys. They focused yep. extra. Um, so that sort of has me a little comfortable just being able to think, you know, that appeared to be their game plan. But that's that's still unacceptable. I mean, there should have been better running and everything. So, but... It was a team thing. I mean, if you want, if you want to step back and look at the whole thing, passing game was good, receiving was pretty good, uh, yeah. and pass blocking was good. Uh, good. I mean, all, all of them weren't perfect, but then run blocking wasn't good, and running itself was not uh, productive, as we were just noting. Uh, so those are definitely things that could be improved moving forward. Uh, special teams did well, though. Uh, we oh, were oh yeah, they did great. How, that, I mean, that was good. Good performance. That was yeah. that was definitely a highlight. I mean, we had there were uh, there was a blocked field goal, and then there was one that was a tipped field goal, yep. and I think two tipped punts. Yeah, mm-hmm. I believe as well. Um, so yeah, the special teams was on it. Peppers was just that much closer to a touchdown again. A re- punt return touchdown. So close, man. Yeah. And then they had a couple. Um, this is where I was telling about that, that field, that short field uh, um, points in the game where we should have had actually touched down then a field goal where, you know, they've shanked a punt like a couple times where was, we had good field position where um, they couldn't punt the ball very well. They got to work on their special teams too because their punter and kicker aren't that good. But, um, yeah, they need help there. But uh, those are the times I was like, you know, we should have had touchdowns at that point, but uh, we settled for field goals. But, um, yeah, but special teams really showed up and did really, really well. Yeah, and as I just said, not everything was perfect. And do you know what I'm referring to, Craig? Because you were pretty um... – <laughs> You were pretty heated about something that uh, occurred during the game. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that? No. No? <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. Uh, I'll just simply say Craig is not a fan of when punters drop the ball and they try to pick it uh, up and actually do something with it instead of falling on it. Let me tell you something, fans. I'm telling you, I if, if you watch that game, didn't I? <laughs> when he dropped that punt are you are you able to spit it out you're you're really having a hard time i'm I'm getting pissed off again i'm starting to relive it boy that remind me of the michigan state game he he and i don't know what it is but it's i'm getting mad because we got this punter that keeps missing his punts and dropping it in his hands and he feels like by that time he can actually pick it up and kick it again and you saw him do it again didn't you oh yeah he actually do it again and why doesn't he just fall on it? Just fall on it, grab it, and if it comes out of hands, just fall on it. But he doesn't. He thinks that he can actually pick it up and kick it. And I'm, it's driving me bonkers, man. I heard somebody behind me say the same thing. He goes, boy, that doesn't that look familiar? I went, yes, it does. Oh, yeah, I heard that. There's my rage for the... Your rant. My rant. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, with... Other conversation with the game, uh, just some stats to share with you guys. Uh, it's, and 
again, I will mention that UCF is a uh, more competitive opponent than Hawaii, but you see some differences from last week to this week. Uh, third downs, Michigan was 7-for-7 seven seven last week. There were yeah. only seven times they were put in third down situations. This week they, they found themselves in third downs 18 times. Yeah. Do you have any guess on how many they converted? I'll say half of those. Close. Eight. So wow. less than See, half. Yeah, that's that's that no no way, and I think Harbaugh's gonna address that. There's no way. You can't be <laughs> not not at home. Not at home against right. that kind of opponent. No. So uh a couple more stats here and then I do want to get into uh probably the main concern from the game mm-hmm. um that we'll talk about. And I know that you've got a lot to share about that, but Red zone efficiency, Michigan wound up going 7 for 8. Um, I think it actually that was just because of the last drive. Um, mm-hmm. They got in the red zone and they didn't score. I always hate when that happens because it should be 7 for 7 technically then. Or, oh, yeah. Um, I do want to say then for uh, – we didn't – I talked about it last time, but I don't think we actually did it. But stat of the game, I, I want to share like a stat of the game or the best stats from the game. Uh, highlight some stuff. One thing totally worth mentioning is that Rashawn Gary had his first sack. Actually, I think they marked it down as half a sack. Yeah, which is, which think, is unfortunate. Yeah, I think he shared on that. Yeah, yeah, but uh, first time that uh, he's got that number marked next to his name. So congratulations to Rashawn Gary. I know that he had said that uh, he had a special moment last week when he heard his name announced uh, for making a tackle during the game. And so I'm sure that uh, getting some stats there with the sacks is uh, another special moment for him. But the thing that I'll mention, and I had him as the impact player last week, yeah. um, and we actually didn't uh, get around to doing that in the last uh, in our preview episode for this game, but uh, Amar Darbo coming out and showing his... Yeah. Uh, his wow. worth and athleticism with five receptions, 111 yards, and two touchdowns. Yeah, I think you called that too. I think you called that in the beginning of the year that the teams are going to kind of focusing on Chesson and uh, explosive and how quickly he can run and, you know, what he can do from last year. And, you know, and here's Darvo going. He's just as good as Chesson, man. He might not. He might even be better as far as like hands and actually grabbing the ball. He's that good, and we might have the best two receiver tandem in the country. So, and tight end, obviously. But um, yeah, Darbo is really doing really well, man. And it's this is great to see. Yeah, and uh, so th- I just wanted to mention those last few stats, kind of right there. And actually, I'm going to hand it over to you, Craig. Mm-hmm. because this is something you talked about in the preview episode, and I was the one to say that I didn't think it was going to be as much of a concern, mm-hmm. but it definitely became a big concern because of how we saw it play out. But go ahead and start a conversation on Michigan's vulnerability against a mobile quarterback. <laughs> Boy, I've been preaching that for a long time, man. Yeah. Oh, geez. Hey, look, you know, Michigan fans, you're just going to have to understand, you know, even with Harbaugh and knowing that I'm sure they've practiced and they've had other people in there um, in for their quarterback 
at, at the mobile level and doing the read option and all the pistol and whatever you want to call it. But um, yeah, we've we've been susceptible to that because the very fact is um, the read option. You know, if you can tuck if you can tuck it and hide it well enough, your quarterback either gets the ball or he can either throw it or he can you know read option to his running back and you don't know who's getting it and there's a couple of times where you saw the secondary the second level man not even looking at the quarterback i mean they weren't even looking and you know they're too busy i think man to man so when you're man to man you're too busy blocking so your your backsides to the quarterback and man when they hit that secondary and that quarterback had wheels you know thank god that we had our corners and our safeties there to stop them but We've always had a struggle with that, and that's where it worries me with JT Barrett when he get to play in Ohio. Not only has he got wheels, he's a lot stronger than those guys. So we might have to shore that up and figure out a way, or like I said, you know, maybe get somebody who ghosts them. I didn't see a lot of that during the game. I thought maybe Peppers would be in that position where he'd ghost and watch out for that to play out. But um, well, that's what happens when you blitz, man. And, you know, you blitz and you have a heart. When you do that, you know, you're susceptible to that stuff. And so, you know, there's times where I wasn't a fan of them blitzing at all during this game. So that's, yeah, that's what happens. I think the worst situation that they get put in, I think the secondary does pretty well covering. So putting those players out on an island and man-to-man isn't too bad. No, it's great. They do a great job. But the problem is with the blitz... And when you put them in that situation is when the blitz hits the wrong spot and the quarterback has that outside escape route mm-hmm. because then the secondary is doing their job, doing well, covering, but then there's that gap yeah, between the first level and the second level. And UCF was able to hit it with um, – Mainly their starting quarterback was the one who was running. Both of them did, but where he would find that gap and then he'd be gone because the secondary wouldn't even be looking. Yeah. And so, like you were saying, the thing to be worried about is Ohio State because Ohio State is going to be a better team completely overall. Offensively, defensively, quarterback, athleticism. Granted, that's going to be the last game of the year, and perhaps maybe there will be more. Maybe they decided not to show Peppers ghosting because they felt like they could handle UCF pretty well anyway, so they didn't want to show that play. Yeah. Still, it it was definitely concerning because there were at least, I want to say at least three times that it completely broke down and I mean, uh, boy, didn't you see some? I mean, when we were there, you can see it's different when you're there. You can yeah. see so much open field. <laughs> I'm like going, wow, there's guys like 20 yards away from him. And I'm like, oh man, he's got so much room and field there. And I'm like, oh, he's going to get so much yardage here. So, yeah. So that, that was one, if not the biggest concerning things from that. Granted, I think it's going to be a while before we run into uh, another team in another scheme like that, mm-hmm. but that definitely needs to be worked on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, and like 
I think it was really interesting. You know, if you like you said, the game ball could go to Spate and Darbo. They did, and Jake Butt had a great game too. So, also, <laughs> I don't know if anybody's noticed, man. We got one heck of a fullback in Khalid Hill, man. He's doing a really good job. This is he has three touchdowns in two games, so doing a really really good job. Yeah, yeah, cool. he was awesome. Yeah. Uh, probably actually one of my f- uh, favorite moments from the game and. Forgive me, I'm forgiving it, uh, forgetting his name. Pretty sure it's a tight end. Jocks? No. no Jocks. Some kind of like that. Jocks. Um, yeah. Yeah, he, he got a reception. Mm-hmm. Out, it, yeah, no, it wasn't for a touchdown, but he got a long reception. And he came off the field, and the first person to greet him was Jake Butt, and he was so pumped. Yeah, and uh, I just thought that was really awesome. And uh, actually, there were a couple other plays I remember seeing uh, Jake Butt get really excited and get pumped up and everything on you know teammates doing well. Uh, that time he was on the sideline. Another time was actually I believe it was an Amar Darbo touchdown, and you, you know, Darbo scores at the top of the screen and at the bottom of the screen. He was on the opposite side of the field and he was just. Uh, getting all excited about the touchdown and everything, so I thought that was really awesome that he was getting excited for the uh, second string uh, players that were making it into the game. I wanted to mention that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was... that was really cool. And yeah, like you said, you you know, it's he Jake Button. That's why he's captain because you know he gets his players pumped up. He gets them. He's excited when they do really really well. Uh, that's a great thing to see. That's what a captain should do. And man. He really does a good job of getting that sideline going. Yep, for sure. That breaks things down kind of there. I mean, our thoughts on it, sharing some of the stats. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm just going to kind of say it again with my initial reaction. And and it's not really calling any specific player out. There were just some things that definitely need some drastic improvement. And it's more of units and things like that. But this... I did not walk away impressed by this. It was good score. It was good win. Mm-hmm. Good team effort. But it just that first half great. Second half, I mean, yeah. I don't know how to another word to formulate with that. But and you're not definitely not alone there. I think a lot of people were. Well, you know, it, it it's odd because you get so many people that are just like ridiculously concerned at times they're like i'm really concerned i'm like well you know pump the brakes you know this is ucf there's you know you're gonna get times where heck we're watching the scoreboard we're watching other teams get like georgia struggling and all these other teams are struggling and i'm like it happens and we didn't struggle this was not a struggle for us to win so let's get that out of the way it was not a struggle it was just not a good performance on when it came to the rushing and some of the defensive line doing some things. The offensive line looked like the old offensive line at times, and yeah. but, uh, the passing was really well. So everything wasn't most effective and efficiently run. Right, let's put it that way. Yep. So, yeah. But to kind of close things out. Uh, to as we're closing things out here, we'll go through uh, some of the Big Ten scores here and mention them, but also to mention. We also had our predictions for we locked two games in, or each of us locked a game in and everything, and so I'll have to mention that here for sure. Big Ten did pretty well for this weekend. Again, Michigan uh, 51-14 over UCF. 
Penn State, one of the few teams to fall in the Big Ten, lost to Pitt uh, in a close contest, 42-39. to uh, Purdue was uh, another team that fell uh, to Cincinnati. That was 38-20. to uh, Rutgers had a rough start to uh, their game against Howard, but they finished off 52-14. to uh, We were commenting about that during the game. Nebraska handled Wyoming pretty well, 52-17. to Ohio's game was actually, Craig, that was your uh, the game you locked in this week and that uh, for the spread. Their spread was... 28 and a half over Tulsa and so with the final score of 48 to 3 they definitely covered the spread so you got uh, you got that one pretty well uh, Wisconsin handled Akron 54 to 10 Indiana and Ball State was a little bit closer of a contest 30 to 20 another team to lose in the Big Ten actually I kind of forgot about that one so that's uh, a few more teams lost than I thought it was a closer contest for a while, um, but Illinois played North Carolina. Final score, though, was 48-23. to mm-hmm. The game of the week that we set was uh, Iowa versus Iowa State. Rivalry game there. Did not live up to the hype this year. My apologies. <laughs> that was mine. My bad. But uh, the final score was 42-3. to wow. So I was uh, rolling pretty well so far. No real idea, really, on my part on how great Iowa State is doing or not. Uh, Minnesota did a great job handling Indiana State, 58-28. And a crazy score with Northwestern falling to Illinois State. Final score of 9-7. to seven. But, uh, yeah, but then my lock of the week was the Maryland game because they played FIU. And I'm pretty sure any somebody played them last week from the Big Ten, but um, Maryland, uh, the spread was only 11 and a half points, and I was pretty sure it was going to go pretty well, and I was correct with Maryland winning 41 to 14. So, yep, Durkin got it going on. Yep, Durkin's doing a pretty good job over there. So, those were the score recaps for the Big Ten. Stick around though, because we do have some things we're going to review here as we're closing out. Uh, some things that we definitely want to go ahead and share with the fans, so don't go mm-hmm. anywhere. As we're closing things out, we have uh, something else that we want to highlight. I guess I could have done this before the break, but we'll, we'll fit it in here now. Best win, worst loss in the Big Ten. There were several, several losses and everything. But, uh, Craig, do you want to share thoughts on the worst loss for the Big Ten this weekend? Well, I think we were in agreement on um, the Northwestern game. It's a, it's a pretty bad loss, dude. <laughs> yeah, for them, and that actually puts them at 0-2 already. So, because they lost to Western Michigan last week. Yeah, and I think, you know, obviously you and I have uh, much respect for the coach and Fitzgerald and and what he does there, but um, we, if you think about it, last year, what I mean, they had a what number one defense in the country. Now it just not seem to be playing very well, and they're zero and two, and it's not a good. That's that's bad. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's it's, it's not a good start there. for Pat. Right. Right. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that was right when Michigan and Northwestern matched up last year for their game. It was a big defensive showdown, and Michigan showed them up that game. But uh, then to talk about the best game, best win in the Big Ten, 
I'll have to go with the Iowa game, actually. I mean, I know maybe it wasn't the biggest opponent. There weren't that many big opponents, actually, this week. But just that Iowa is showing itself as still being, you know, yep. that tough team from last year. I know that they had the rough game against MSU, and then their bowl game was absolutely terrible. But this year, with some changes and everything, you were it was questionable what was going to happen. So... And so now another thing that we definitely want to mention before we uh, finish things off here for the entire episode is our Caption of the Week contest. And for those of you who don't know, uh, each week we're going to put out a picture around Michigan football or maybe Big Ten football. And uh, we're going to do a caption contest each week. And so we're going to then at the end of the season do a drawing from all the weekly winners and then the winner is going to be getting like a gift basket prize gear something. It's not been completely set, but it's probably going to be uh, some Blue Brothers gear, maybe a Michigan shirt thrown in with that, uh, maybe a gift card to MDEN. We don't really know. It's going to be worth your while. We're, it's yep. going to be a good prize. Yeah. So and so, uh, yeah, we yeah you got to get in on that in on that stuff. It's pretty cool. So. Yeah, for sure. We had some really great participation this week and everything, and so we have a winner mm-hmm. for this week. Off we of Twitter, it down. we had some good ones. We, yes, we read through them. We kind of a lot of lot. You guys are very creative, so the more creative, the better. And I think we got a good one. Yeah. So the photo is of Jabril Peppers jumping over or hurdling the Hawaii defender from last week, and. Um, the caption we're going with is from Steve on Twitter at Fooch2132. But his caption is Can I interest you in an in flight shoe shine, perhaps? For your comfort, have a seat on my colleague here. <laughs> and yeah. it just fits uh, pretty well with the picture because the Hawaii defender literally looks like he's preparing to shine his shoes as he is uh as jabril peppers is sitting on the other player so uh we thought that one was pretty creative like we said there were several creative ones you guys did a good job um but steve has won this week so moving forward if steve wants to participate he can but he can only win once during the season so because he can only be entered one time uh letting you know that steve so we will be sending steve a message here notifying him of that yeah, so a new image will be coming out here in the next few days. And speaking of gifts and everything, something that we attempted to do today, which we will normally try to do earlier on if possible, but we were presented with a unique opportunity at the game that we had two tickets to give away. And we know it kind of wasn't very effective because chances are anybody who's in Ann Arbor already already had tickets. But we had two tickets to give away, and so we did some live stuff and saying if anybody ran into us and uh, wanted the tickets, they could come and claim them from where we were at. Nobody wound up coming to pick them up. I mean, it was like right before game time. But there is the opportunity that we may have some tickets periodically throughout the season, and so we will try to include those in shows. Uh, I mean, obviously, if you are very interactive with us on social media twitter facebook there's facebook group blue network everything michigan football you will hear about it i would say your best chance is on facebook 
Yeah. Actually, tell you the truth, just because of how we record things, I have a feeling that we might not know if we have the tickets by the time we're recording. I would say your best bet, if you want to keep track of when we will be doing ticket giveaways, join the Facebook group. Yeah. And, you know, that might be part of the packet or part of the gift of uh, your caption of the week. You know, if you win, you can get that pair. You never know. We haven't decided. But, uh, yeah, you got to be try to get on the network. Like Caleb said, it's a great group. You, we get a lot of feedback, a lot of people on there making comments. And it's pretty cool. It's a great group. So Twitter's a little bit different. So get in on the Facebook group. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And Facebook Live has been awesome, as we saw today. So um, that's it for this week. I mean, uh, if you guys are listening to this episode, chances are you uh, know where to find us. But we do have the website, bluebrothersportscast.com. Voicemail, which the information is on the website, as well as our email, which is easy to remember. Contact us at bluebrothersportscast. Twitter, bluebros underscore, and either of our names Uh, Don't forget to check out uh, the Eagle Eye radio station. Uh, Our episodes play there throughout the day, uh, as as well as some of the Blueprint episodes. Blue Network doing great and awesome things. Also, um, some video things happening and going on as well. But uh, we appreciate you guys listening in. Another WN uh, in the books for Michigan. Mm -hmm. And uh, just looking forward now to the next challenge. Yep. Yeah, and um, shout out to uh, hanging out with Rashawn Reeves. That was a lot of fun. Again, with him, go check out the Blueprint, his show, and um, part of the obviously the Eagle Eye Radio. Uh, uh, if you want to download that app, that you can hear us and Rashawn on his show. Um, it's a great thing to if you're traveling, even going to the Michigan game. It's a pretty cool thing. You can just put it on your radio and listen to it and on the way there and listen to Michigan football and obviously get a, a, a get into the a blue network, everything Michigan football and uh, join. Actually, speaking of shout out, I uh, want to do a shout out real quick um, for the uh, photographer who we use the picture. There are several Michigan photographers. Some people are really tight with their photographs and everything, yeah. Uh, yeah. which we've been fortunate to be able to tap into a great resource with some photographers um, Brian Fuller was the one who took the photo for the caption this week. I'm not sure yet what the image is going to be for this upcoming week. Um, but a shout out to uh, two specific photographers that we've ran into um, and that I've spoken with um, them on Twitter quite a bit is actually uh, Eric and Andy that we ran into after last week's game. And I was just like, oh, hey, we'll probably give you a shout out. I was so crazy and all over the place last week. I completely was fried and forgot about it. So, but yeah, Andy and Eric, two great photographers. Uh, you'll see their work on Twitter. You can follow them. And uh, we've, I know that I've used some, I know for sure I've used some of uh, Eric's images and some things and everything. But yeah, so that's a great thing with uh, Michigan, not just on top of the fan base and everything, but a lot of people in the community are just great to connect with and talk with. So I want to do that shout out before we sign off. We thank you all for tuning in and we hope you uh, have a good rest of the week and enjoyed the episode. And as always, we'll finish things off with go blue. Go blue.